The Nerd and Tie podcast is unsurprisingly part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. For more podcasts from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com or find an invite for our Discord at nerdandtie.com slash discord. Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right. For just $20, we'd say your name here. We'd say how cool you are. We'd talk about how you look kicking in those jeans. Just go to nerdandtie.com and click on Sponsor Our Shows in the menu to find out more. Or or don't, because literally no one's forcing you to do anything ever. Well, at least not in regards to us. On this episode of Nerd and Tie, we are discussing the OhioCon situation and everything that's been going down there so far from the beginning to the current day which is sunday october 8th we're just gonna we're gonna speed run this for you that's that's the show welcome to nerd and tie the only podcast on the internet with a dress code i am one of your hosts trey dorn joining me as always are genproc what up and back again, stronger than ever, Celeste Startwin. Hi, everybody. We Hope all you exist. missed me. We, we did. We all mm-hmm. did. Um, some of you will notice that technically uh, we're in October now. This is the October episode. We're just going to do one less episode this year and nobody worry about it. Okay? <laughs> the, the timing yeah. the timing with stuff worked out funny. And this is where we are. So uh, that episode that came out in September is the September episode. There just was no August one. And uh, we're, we're going to live our life. This month, we are talking about uh, probably the biggest name, biggest news, I should say, biggest news in the convention scene over the last week has been all of the stuff happening with OhioCon. Because it's a lot. Like, describing the situation is difficult to begin with. Because... <laughs> oh, that's why, that's wow. why we've dedicated an entire episode to this. It a big mess. It a big yeah. mess. Uh, so, all right. So, on, um, on October 2nd, on Monday, October 2nd, uh, is uh, the, the Ohio Con... Uh, Website was taken offline as well as the um, OhioCon Facebook page. And the, the website was replaced with a message. And this went up on the Facebook page where um, I'm not going to read the entire thing. We will have links to um, all of this stuff in the show notes for the episode. We have an article where we've been like including sources and links for all of this stuff the, this entire time. So everything I reference will be in the link that is in the show notes. Um, the... The show the, the the con website was replaced uh, with a long message that uh, uh, th- the opening line is in a shocking turn of events. Melissa Phelps, the president of the board of directors of Cultural Exchange Society Incorporated, has initiated a hostile takeover by firing and removing access from majority of the senior leadership team. This sudden and unexpected move has sent shockwaves through the community of Ohio con volunteers. Uh, this goes um, further. Just it's. Effectively, what it's saying, and this is, I think, oddly worded uh, for a degree of just referring to it as a hostile takeover, because um, Melissa Phelps, at the time that this was published, was president 
of the board of directors of SESI, the Cultural Exchange Society Incorporated. We'll be calling it SESI um, throughout the rest of this episode, most likely. SESI is the parent organization of OhioCon as of 2022, I believe, um, as they've been attempting to transition into a nonprofit. Um, Melissa Phelps is the longtime owner of OhioCon. There's a weird fact that they're actually I've, i was doing some research on the corporate structure and while for a long time there was an llc that sh that was running the con there is like this window of years between the llc seeming to be disbanded and the start of sessi where she appears to have been running the convention without the legal protection of a corporation which is just wild to me with a con this size yeah i i heard that understatement like she uh, was a con with basically a five doing digit. it out of her own pocket. And I'm just like, what? I, I can't imagine running uh, like the, the liabilities associated with a convention with a five figure attendance number doing that without the protection of a legal corporation. I can't imagine running a 500 person convention without the protection of a legal corporation. That is nuts. That is just wild. to me. But so describing as a hostile takeover, I feel is not necessarily an accurate way to describe it. However, what, what happened according to, the people, the the leadership uh, members of OhioCon, like the like the people who the actual department heads of all these things, is that they lost access to their accounts, their email accounts, their like their actual OhioCon accounts for that, and um, at least two people, um, Cody Markham, who uh, was the convention chair or executive director, depending on who you ask or how it's credited. Uh, it was him as well as, I believe her name is Aaron Reinhold, I want to say, who was the marketing head for the uh, the convention. Um, these two people apparently, well, Reinhardt, I'm sorry, Aaron Reinhardt was the social media manager. Um, Aaron Reinhardt, so Cody was, I believe, told that he was fired, that he was being let go, and Aaron... Um, Lost access to things, and then uh, within hours of this post going up, uh, the Facebook page got deleted entirely, or at least taken down, suspended. And so that post on the Facebook page, but the, the website stayed up for a couple of hours before it got also taken down. Uh, Phelps, still, who uh, Melissa Phelps, who still had control of the official OhioCon Twitter at the time, and that's going to be a, a fun conversation later, uh, announced that the uh, they have uh, post tweeted tweeted the following about the situation. Hi, OhioCon. We have parted ways with our former con chair and social media head after an unapproved change to our logo and brand identity that we were not able to come to an agreement on internally. Thank you for your support. We will be back soon. Um. Aaron Reinhardt, who was the social media, the, the marketing head slash social media person, um, found out that she was fired from this tweet. And. Classy. Yeah. Um, so. This is a really odd turn of events. Um, so. The logo for OhioCon, for those of you who aren't familiar with the con, has long-term had, at least since, I think, 2008, had a red cross in it, which, by the way, um, besides being a trademark violation of the red cross, is a uh, it's illegal under federal law. <laughs> it's just not legal to use that on things. And OhioCon, um, 
receive has received since they started using that um at least two cease and desist letters from the red cross um i mean this is why you need a transformers fan on staff at your convention they could have told you that lickety split that's why you don't have an animation accurate ratchet toy so according to the staff they met to vote on changing the logo and um Aaron Reinhardt, who is in charge of, of the marketing and their kind of the design, designed a series of logos. And I've seen um, some of the design sheets of, of options that she submitted. And they held a meeting to change the logo. Um, according to the staff, and this is what the I, I've been I've spent a lot of time listening in on the oh, yeah, the staff. The staff took control of the OhioCon Discord, and I don't really mean to say took control because, um, as far as I can tell, uh, Phelps never had control over the Discord. It was completely run by the volunteers, the volunteer staff of the event. Um, So they've kind of taken the Discord. You'll note that the current OhioCon website, which is back up, no longer links to the Discord on any of their official Mm -hmm. materials because the Discord has effectively um, (laughs) been taken over by the staff. Um, they, uh, according to that, they held a meeting to, about the logo. They repeatedly invited Melissa and wanted her to come, Melissa Phelps to come along with the uh, other two members of, well, the, the other members of the board of directors. I don't know. Um, so Emily de Jesus, uh, Emily de Jesus, I can say words. I have said this name many times, but Emily de Jesus and, um, Justin Nordell, I believe, are the other current members. There, uh, there was a changeover in um, uh, two of the uh, members of the board of directors earlier this year. Um, I think Molly Phelps, uh, Melissa's daughter, and then a fourth person uh, both resigned from the board earlier this year, and Justin Nordell was brought in to be their third member. I don't know if this vote happened before or after that change in the board. Um but the board was invited to this meeting and chose not to attend. In fact, they were repeatedly asked Melissa to come. She chose not to attend, and the the organization voted to update the logo to uh, this logo with the Sakura Blossom on it, uh, which I will be referring to as the Blossom logo from now on. Um, this is the logo change that uh, Phelps claims is at the core of uh, the problem, except... From what we've been told, like, there was no meeting held about it. The board did not convene a meeting with the staff and ask them to change it. They just all immediately got removed. Now, you might be thinking, this sounds like a weird reaction to a logo change. Well, there's there's a whole other thing, and Phelps has reverted the logo to versions that have the, the cross on it but aren't red the way the old one was. Um, first a blue version, and now this weird gradient version, which actually might be too red to not be in violation of the trademark well, for the Red Cross. And, but and like with the blue version, there's also blue a, a company out Blue Cross Blue Shield. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're still getting really close to, to well other yeah. companies that have that logo. And just having a medical logo actually yeah. is highly confusing and dangerous because like. Uh, say there's a medical emergency nearby the con and someone sees a whole bunch of people wearing logos with crosses on it. They might think there are medical personnel who can help them. Nope. (laughs) Nope. But that's just, you know, someone being reasonable. 
Uh, so, but there's a there's a thing happening here with Ohio Con staff this whole time that uh, plays more into things than. So here's the thing: we're there's going to be a degree of speculation here because uh, there we cannot be sure because we have not been in any you know we cannot be sure of all the motivations. But here's the thing that's been happening with Ohio Con earlier this year. Um, a group of the staff formed a workers' organization. It's not technically a union because it's a because it's a, a group of volunteers. You can't form a federally protected union as a as non-employees, right? Um, but it is still a workers' rights organization. Um, they they formed a group called Conventions of Ohio Volunteer Event Network, or Coven. And on March 4th, 2023, the uh, the Coven Group presented a document to Phelps and other members of the Board of SESI, again, March 4th, um, listing kind of a set of demands that they wanted for their workers. It's, it, it, and again, um, in, the do, in the link that we'll be including here has links to all of this stuff. Um, it's it's pretty much um condemning the the board paying themselves and uh wanting like workers to like not have to like move hotel rooms and stuff between nights of the con and like you know just effectively asking for and this was always a negotiable document right it's the 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 members of Sessi will will tell you that not Sessi the members of the Coven it's <laughs> too many c words in this that was not a euphemism um like the the Coven asks are are reasonable and you know it's I'm not saying that you know that Sessi is under obligation to you know give them what they wanted but they they were making demands. And so that's why a lot of people have been casting this story as uh, Sessi and Melissa Phelps trying to union bust, um, and why some of their defenses of like some of their defenses say, well, it's not technically a union, but the 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 spirit of it's because um, Cody Markham, who had been the con chair, was heavily involved in in this stuff. Is it, it seemed as them attempting to you know kind of break this organization of of workers so that's fun so the official facebook group kind of got locked down um and i've not been able to get access into the official facebook group for OhioCon. um but i have gotten screenshots of some of the posts that were made in there um and Literally, Melissa Phelps made a post where she uh, directly said that she removed the convention director. Again, the title that this person's referred to, uh, executive director, convention director, con chair. These, it, 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 she's talking about Cody Markham whenever she says all of these. Because also, like, another time, in the same post, she refers to Cody as the convention chairman. Like, it's... Yeah. The... uh the, Melissa Phelps says the Logan Question contract to be created by the social media person of the board. There's no contract. It was literally just, hey, could design us a logo. Um, 
and and talked about the logo not being approved by the board and all this. Now, this whole thing doesn't really, at no point has there ever been an explanation for why the senior staff was locked out of their accounts. And so it's really weird because, um, and this is going to be um, important later, that uh, Aaron Reinhard, Melissa, Melissa Phelps has repeatedly said, and we have screenshots of private messages where she has said this. She has said it in that she has explicitly said that Cody Markham and Aaron Reinhard were fired. Okay. <clears throat> That's oof. Now, Phelps on, um, like on the, I think it was the 5th or the fourth uh, has re repeatedly said she was going to have a Q and a about this on the Facebook group. This did not occur as far as I can tell. Um, but that's because some other stuff happened. Oh, this is a fucking trip. All right. So <laughs> shouldn't laugh, but Oh my God. So uh, yeah, like uh, she said, so um, in it, in some of her posts, though, she posted, so what happened was is that uh, the Coven group went to, um, well, they brought a list of demands to kind of 14 points that they wanted, and uh, Melissa Phelps posted her response, and um, because the the man of the thing from the organization was a little harsh and like called the 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 board inept in it where the the workers coven's coven's set of demands called the workers inept the entire thing feels like this personally insulted tone it's honestly like reading this thing it's i mean i could have told anybody that like if you're going to um try to negotiate with someone insulting them directly and calling them inept was probably not a great way to open it however the fact that, like... Not a great opening move, no. The fact that, though, that, like, Phelps in response was like, well, I feel insulted by the first paragraph, so I'm just going to deny the rest of your shit. Like... Oh, boy. It, it feels childish. The entire thing feels childish. Like... Mm -hmm. uh, and this is all, like... We're on... The third. I'm sorry, the third. She posted the thing about the Q&A happening on the third. Jesus, we are we are like two days into this and all this has happened. <laughs> yeah, this is like... Oh, boy. By, by the end of the day on the third, the OhioCon website went back up. Um, well, with registration was still down at that time. Registration is back up now. Um, and it was a rolled back version of the page. Still had the Sakura logo on it. Uh, the Blossom logo, I should say. The uh, I want to for later. It's going to be important for why I refer to it as the Blossom logo instead of that. Um, but they eventually have changed the uh, the logo to this weird, this awful. <laughs> the, the logo they're using right now is awful. The the uh, oil spill. Yeah, it's it's yeah, the oil spill. It's cross. a bad logo. Um, it's also like compressed. That's the thing. Is it's so yes. compressed. It's <laughs> like, so bad. This is, uh oh and on on the fourth the at least by the fourth uh the ohio con page went back up um 
And the Ohio County staff put up effectively a list of demands. Um, and the, the Ohio County staff, uh, so you've got the staff versus Sessie are here right now. Um, the Ohio County staff uh, put up this set of um, seven demands, which included the reinstatement of Cody Markham as convention chair, and the empowerment of Cody Markham to control over contracts and finances, uh, just their like their opinion that the SESI's role should be limited, um, reinstatement of the senior leadership who were let go due to covenant, like because they believe that the senior leadership, um, reimplementation of the Sakura of the they call it the Sakura logo. I'm referring to as the Blossom logo. Um, senior leadership team handling public relations because. <laughs> Melissa was not doing a great job. Um, and uh, restriction on culture uh, of Sessie's board members' social media activity as it relates to OhioCon. Um, and the uh, this was signed off by at least six department heads, if not more people. Um, and again, like, and they have said, uh, the, the leadership said they were willing to negotiate on many of these things. It's just that this was their their starting point. Um, now this is the fourth that, that list of demands that we, we at least saw those. Um, this is when I was finally able to e try to email Melissa Phelps for comment on this story because, uh, throughout this whole thing, um, the Facebook page was gone. I could not get into the Facebook group. I did not want to contact her personal Facebook account cause that feels unprofessional mm -hmm. and that feel, that would feel like a gross invasion to me. Um, so, but I couldn't find an email for her. So it wasn't until the website came back up that I was able to find an email for her. Um, we, she still has not sent, and we still have not gotten any comment from Melissa Phelps or the board uh, while trying to cover this. Um, if if it sounds like we're taking Coven's side of this more often than you think we should, listener, it is because those are the people who have actually, like, spoken. <laughs> <laughs> They're the, yeah. Uh, so, this brings us to the 6th. All right, so we're Friday. Friday, this has been five days. OhioCon put out a statement that they emailed to their mailing list and also put out on their website. Um, and again, this is this is on OhioCon.org right now. Um, I have a saved copy in case this ever goes away, because always screenshot and archive everything. But... Um, Right. Effectively, like, uh, tries to spin um, this entire situation um, in a really weird way. Because first off, they say no one was fired. Oh. This is an interesting okay. contradiction to Melissa Phelps explicitly saying, I quote, I did fire Cody and Aaron. Well, you know, it's it's like one of those non-firing firings, you know. Yeah, of course. It, it, it's like that that non-grain cereal, you know. It's additionally, the official statement claims that a well-meaning volunteer, in quotes, sent the OhioCon logo to the Red Cross to be evaluated. This is not true. The Red Cross independently sent a cease and desist to OhioCon. Um. 
They also claim that um, there was that risk of the Sakura, the the people who make pens, that company. Um, they claim that the the Blossom logo is why I didn't want to call it the Sakura logo. The Blossom logo put them at the mm. risk of being sued by Sakura. Now, there is an argument that those logos are different enough. However, that not using the logo could be argued based on that. However, um, as far as anyone knows, and as far as at least as of Monday, there had been no legal th- the no nothing was ever brought to the staff about the Sakura Blossom logo, um, the, about the Blossom logo being in violation of Sakura's trademark. There is no if a cease and desist did arrive to OhioCon, literally none of the senior staff were aware of it. If Sessie's board has a copy of something like that, we do not believe that. Like I am, I am under the belief that there was no threats from the company Sakura over this. I I do not believe that this is a thing that happened. Um, but additionally, it would be strange. It is strange to say we're not using it for this reason when that reason was never told to the designer or to the rest of the staff about why they shouldn't use the logo. It's almost like there's just a whole bunch of like gish gala just being thrown out and changing depending on who's listening. Well, because here's the thing. Melissa Phelps did not write this statement. Okay. Justin did. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Justin Nordell did, who is the other board, who's one of the other board members. And in fact, they sent the, the SESI board sent a response to, uh, to the Ohio Con senior leadership over their demands and an email. And Justin Nordell sent this email. And in it, we discovered that um, Melissa Phelps has stepped down from the Ohio Con, from, from SESI's board. She is no longer a member of the board of directors as of at least Friday. However, she has now been made the new executive director of Ohio Con. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yikes. That's, See, apparently uh, the board's saying, hey, we should, uh, like, the the demand of, hey, uh, our, the, our, the person in charge, our executive director or contra or whatever, should have the ability to actually run things uh, and not Melissa on the board. The board's decision was, well, Melissa will step down from the board and she'll take over that job. Because here's the thing. In their official statement, they talk about how there's this new executive director job and everyone's uh, available to apply to it. But it's clear from the statement that they have already filled this position. It's it, it reminds me of uh, it. It reminds me of during the the drama of uh, before the board of directors was kicked out of Daishokan when uh, like for, for anyone who's not aware, I was a member of the board of directors for Daishokan uh, years before everything went completely down the cheeser. <laughs> um and uh, we were told that the board collectively had too much power. And then one of the people making that argument was given a position that made him unilaterally more powerful than any – than, than the, the entire board together, let yeah. alone any individual member of the board. That's, that's what I'm yeah. reminded of right now. Yeah, like, it's – yeah. So – it's a little different than this. the Daishokan situation was a, a little the bit different. The Daishokan situation yeah. is impossible to one-to-one oh, it's, because yeah. it was just such a mess, but I can't help but 
yeah, think of things that I'm familiar with. But here's the thing, like it's the tone deafness of this statement is just <laughs> insane to me. Like it's taking a look at this, taking a look at this entire thing, like like it's a very passive aggressive like the, the Nordell's like the 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 open statement is like saying like all, you know, here, contrary yeah, contrary to misinformation swirling online, no volunteers or member of the senior leadership team have been fired from OhioCon and in this next seven, only three positions have been dissolved in the organizational chart shift. Which again, we are like, I want to point out this con is in January. It is October. Yeah, this is not a time to be doing massive changes. In Why staffing. would you restructure your con th three months ahead of time? Yeah, I want to. Uh, vendors have already paid yeah. for their spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that is to say, I, I don't know that there's ever a good time to restructure, but there are definitely bad times. And like, oh, this is one of them. This is this is by far one of them. Yeah, it's and so also like there's a sentence in here. While Sessie would love its OhioCon volunteers to have the ability to unionize, national and Ohio state labor laws prevent unpaid volunteers of any kind from forming a union. As such, no OhioCon union has ever or could ever exist, and no quote union busting has or even could take place. Like that's the whole like. I'm technically not hitting you of statements, right? Like, yeah. you're not technically a union, so we can't technically be union busting. Like, it's, this entire thing is, this entire statement is so, again, it comes down to the fact that, like, the, like the description of the stuff at the logo is completely, um, is completely, completely inact. Like it, it's so almost true, but not really. Like saying no one's been fired, but then we dissolved three positions. Who are the three positions that were dissolved? And why would you be dissolving positions in October? Yeah, are you insane? This is you not how you run a convention. Get, but also like. Like we invite, you know, we couldn't run without our volunteers, and so we invite people to apply. Like. What are you talking about? Like, you have, like, okay, so Coven, uh, as, as an organization, represents, a pro as far as I've been told, like, it's, this is an event that needs about 300 volunteers, and Coven represents about 100 people. This is a third of the workforce, including all of the senior leadership, including, like, the vendor head, and, like, the artist alley head, and the, and the video gaming head, and all this stuff. Like, these are department heads, core to the organization, these are department heads, core to the organization of, of of running a con, required to do it, and like the in key, this is like the key organizational moment for an event, right? In the three to four months before a con is where you're doing the hardest work, right? This is when you're hitting deadlines, and that. Like, if if I were the SESI board of directors, I would be trying to sit down and negotiate with Coven immediately because you cannot run a convention. Um, And so, like, all this stuff, like, after these responses, after these responses on Friday, senior leadership followed by the entirety of Coven announced 
as of 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on October 6th that they were going on strike. And before you tell me, oh, they don't have a union, anybody can strike. You don't need a str- you don't need a union to legally strike. And also, was, also it, like arguably you could say, oh, it's a boycott, not a strike, but it's it's the same difference in this case. It's <laughs> like Yeah, that's the funny thing about a strike is that it doesn't particularly matter if it's legally recognized or not. If your workforce refuses to work, yeah. they're striking. It doesn't matter if well, you want to acknowledge like, it or not. This isn't like a regular strike where like people are like in a regular strike, you have to worry about strike funds and things like that of like of comp of getting money to the people striking so they can continue to survive. Right. That's not like that's a risk that usually goes into striking. Right. That you're not going to be making money or getting paid while you're on strike. And mm-hmm. like that's the big obstacle. This is an, this is people who've been working for free. These are people who are not financially yeah. dependent on this organization to live or survive. Like the power dynamics in this of this kind of event lies with the volunteer workforce. The power lies with the volunteer workforce of people willing to give up their time and their lives because they believe in a project. Like it's if you've if you've ever worked a con, you know mm-hmm. that no one is doing it. Like there 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 are for profit cons, but even when this con was for profit. Which I believe the main reason why they went nonprofit was because uh, uh, someone probably pointed out that uh, the uh, case law uh, pretty much established that it's not legal to volunteer for a for-profit corporation <laughs> anymore. It used to be in a gray area, and now it's been pretty clearly legally defined as bad. So they reincorporated as a nonprofit. Um, you can't volunteer for a for-profit corporation legally. Yeah, um, that's so. But well, these are these are people who like I've talked to. Like I've had conversation with some of these people, and I haven't confirmed a lot of this stuff. But I know the video game had said that he once had to upfront like twenty grand of his own money to pay for stuff before he got he got re- <gasps> before he got reimbursed. This is a con with a five figure attendance. I've run cons like with much smaller than that, and you don't make someone pay for like $500 out of their own pocket. The, no. the con gets on that shit. Yeah. Like that, yeah, how, that's appalling. I mean, that's how horrifying. bad do you have to do in order to piss off the people who are working your con for free? Yeah. Like, and these people, like, I don't know what Sessi thinks is happening here, that they think that these people are replaceable or that they will just come back and fall in line or that they can run the event without them because oh, I don't... good luck. I don't think that's happening. No. Um, I, I, again, you can't... I, I don't want to make it a one-to-one thing, but, like... The we, parallels we have are seen, there. The parallels are there, and we have... Again, Daisho is a good case study of what happens when you keep burning bridges yeah. with all of your workforce, mm-hmm. eventually it becomes untenable. It... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. So, uh, oh yeah. And the weird, weird little coda to this so far today, the latest piece of news is um, 
this after at least when I checked this afternoon, I don't know when it went down exactly, but sometime within the last day, OhioCon has taken down their their Twitter slash X is is down. It says the account's deleted, which means they've suspended the account and have thirty days. Like they can undelete it within the next thirty days, but they have taken down their Twitter. Oh, which is that's probably fine. Which is weird because, like, they could have just deleted tweets. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like you're going to stop people from finding all of the critical tweets when they search OhioCon, you know? Um, yeah. So that's weird. Also, they never lost control of the the Twitter. So I, I don't want to call it an X. I'm not calling it an X. Elon, go eat a lemon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was going to say, what, don't. Don't even bother with Twitter, aka X. It's it's Twitter. It's still Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's bad now, but it's still Twitter. Um, this whole thing has been like I, literally every day this week has been like me checking in on this story. Like the only day I didn't update this article was on the I didn't update it on the fifth, and I didn't update it on the seventh. Maybe maybe the Twitter went down on the seventh. I don't know. I went to the corn maze with my wife, <laughs> and like you know, like all all three of us have people who are directly affected by this shenaniganery. Yeah, like this is hurting like people who who really do care about it, and it really sucks to see this thing that people care about and how it is just. Oh. OhioCon's been running since 2001. It's one of the oldest conventions in the Midwest. You know, it's mm-hmm. anime conventions, I should say. Um, before somebody jumps at me, it's like, I know like when we launched No Brand Con, the only cons I can think of in the Midwest are Anime Iowa, ASEN, and OhioCon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I just with with the with a third of their of their workforce, including um, all of the like department heads, boy, like currently striking slash boycotting. I don't I don't see why anyone in their right minds would register for OhioCon right now. And it's important to note that OhioCon has a no refunds policy on their registrations. Yeah, I. It's yeah, it's I'm, the most ridiculous policy ever, but like it's that there's no like you can't even transfer it to a later year. I'd feel so bad for all, all of the vendors who have already paid for their booths. Yeah. I'm seeing so many messages um between artists saying like do not attend. <laughs> yeah, it's uh <laughs> don't even apply to this. Like it's going to be such a bad show. Um it's just, and personally, like as a trained graphic designer, I would love to get into <laughs> the logo shenanigans because when you're designing a logo for something, the first thing you do is you check if anybody else has that logo already mm-hmm. or anything close to it. Yeah, like, I don't what? like the Blossom logo. I'm just going to admit, like, well, the Blossom logo I like better than their one that violates federal law. Yeah, I like that's, it more my, than that. that's my opinion as well. <laughs> also, neither of these logos, like, I 
I don't understand why they why they're using those logos. They don't make sense to me. Which one? Okay, so the red cross. The reason, especially why, the cross. Oh, that I one no is because why they're, they're using ma- a cross oh. for an anime convention. Their mascot like, is a nurse. Okay. Their mascot is a nurse. That's why they're using that. And the Sakura is just because they wanted something um, different. Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> that was different. Well, and I've, they wanted I've it to be. They wanted to. They wanted to uh, meet. Keep the red theme, and it would be an appropriate shape. You know, shape to use on a red logo. Yeah, that makes sense. I, so, okay, yeah, yeah. Branding. Now I, I understand, kind of. But I will also... say that the uh, the uh, the stamens or whatever in the center of the Sakura logo remind me of the Crossroads of Knowledge from Greendale Community College. <laughs> logo. Uh, it looks like the a butthole. Pluribus anus. Yeah, it, 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 it looks like a butthole. I'm sorry. It just it, I can't once once I saw it as a butthole, I could not unsee like the blossom logo is better that like is better than the Red Cross logo, but I cannot unsee the butthole. Yeah. Well, and I've seen people floating trying to float other logo ideas around like a rising sun. Um like because Ohio is spelled um, like the Japanese word for good morning. Right. Mm-hmm. Not like their... the state. Right. Because, um, yeah, that's the pun. Yeah. But then you're getting into, like, flag territory, and it's like, ah, oh, you don't want to rip off, like, an actual, like, flag that has been used. I've seen some uh, interesting concepts with, like, a buckeye. Right? Like, you could go in in that direction. Having the nurse... Like, there are, there are other medical, like adjacent implements and like symbols that you could use that aren't like directly off of an existing like medical entity. Yeah. Yeah. The whole medical thing really just, again, I'm, I'm absolutely thrown by that. I just, I get it. Why is, why is your mascot a nurse in the first place? That I don't know. Also, I have questions for you, Ohio con. Why did you choose this. Were you were you what? really into Soul Taker back in the day? If right? so, I don't know. That I was, need friends. They've had um, the the nurse has been there for a really long time, so I have no idea. Yeah, and plus, like, because like we've all worked for conventions that have had mascots, and like, you can have a mascot and and not put them in slightly different outfits. And not base your logo around it. You don't have to base your logo around your mascot. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. You could have a totally different thing going on that'll represent your entire um, your entire convention, not just one single aspect of it that gets drawn on the program guide. Like, yeah, it's like Anime Central technically has their anime person in their logo, but like they use like an L that I think looks more like the looks like the john hancock building is the l like yeah. it's mm-hmm. or but or they have their brief their ac logo which is just the a and the c with the swoosh yeah yeah very good minimalist here for it yeah there are tons of conventions out there that literally just have a text logo yeah no brand con has a text and logo. anime <laughs> iowa just has a text logo yeah like, and they have their pig mascot that gets dressed up in all sorts of outfits yeah 
No Brand Con has Duct Tape Boy. Duct Tape Boy has never been in a logo. No, that's way too complex. He's such a pain to draw. (laughs) (laughs) The t-shirts this year were so... Full disclosure. Yes. Full disclosure. Sorry, I got the thing fell out of my hand. Um, I am a co-founder of No Brand Con, uh, Wisconsin's longest-running anime convention. Um, Although we are currently considering our long-term future in any direction, we have been running since 2002. So our con's about the same age, only we are much tinier. Um, But uh, because No Brand Con... uh, I was for this year. Uh, I was part of part of my job was doing the merch for this year, and we had some be- brilliant brilliant artwork by uh, artist Ethan Flanagan that we were using for our stuff. But Duct Tape Boy was was on it, and we were putting it together the t shirt. And I had to um, reduce the lines <laughs> for the t shirt printing <laughs> out of Duct Tape Boy. He's a character made out of duct tape. And so printing is like, yeah, we are never putting that boy in a logo. That's just a mistake. But it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. The logo, I think, is like the least, like the logo has gotten so central to this story because it feels like that was the inflection point, the excuse, you know. Yeah, and it's such a weird weird. thing. Yeah. I just can't get over, like, it's such a weird thing to center on and, and to be so adamant that the logo does not change that you like fire people over it is just a wild concept to me oh and like i have yeah i've seen like some people will get really defensive over art designs like i've seen it happen in other events that i've run but i've never seen someone get fired or like kicked off of con staff for it yeah Yeah. i've seen things get heated but but not that heated that explains why Aaron Reinhardt was removed, right? Because Aaron Reinhardt did the logo. Aaron Reinhardt yeah. put it up. Why was Cody Markham fired? Hey, this is Trey a couple of days later just wanting to record a quick clarification because I've had at least one person uh, misunderstand what I'm saying there and reach out. And I want to be very clear. What I'm saying in that sentence is if we accept Melissa Phelps's explanation of the situation, if we accept Phelps's explanation then it would only explain half of what she did, right? It's in the most charitable reading of what Phelps could be saying, it actually does not explain the removal of Cody Markham. That's what I was saying. I am not trying to say that Aaron Reinhardt deserved to be fired or that she actually overstepped. We don't actually accept Melissa Phelps's explanation. That's, that's part of the reason why I'm saying that is that even if I didn't know anything about this situation, or even if I had no additional background information, it wouldn't make sense as an explanation to, to use the logo as the removal of Cody Markham. Um, we don't actually accept Melissa Phelps's explanation, and I don't want it to take as an endorsement of her actions or an acceptance of that explanation. We don't believe that Reinhardt overstepped or did we don't believe that Aaron Reinhardt did what Melissa Phelps is saying she did. All right, we don't actually believe that, um, and so I want that to be to be very very clear. Um, so that's I just want to be clear because some people have heard that as us believing that Reinhardt deserved to be fired. That is not true at all. We do not believe that. We do not accept that. 
Uh, so I want I want it to be very very clear. <laughs> and now I've added two minutes of the episode <laughs> just to say that. And now you go back to to me, Gen and Celeste talking about this from from a couple of days ago. You know, it's yeah. That's yeah. That's the thing that's been missing. That's why most people are like. To one degree, like Melissa has was saying a lot of things that kept being focused on the logo, which is what she told people. And you can't just change someone's logo on them, which was the weirdest one I saw uh, that was in yeah, a private message. Yes, you can. I was like, yeah, you didn't go to the meeting. It's well, OK. So and like the impression I get is that she's used to a degree of control from her years of being a sole proprietor and being the only owner of the convention and having that whole like. And when you are in that position, you can just make dictates. But when you switch to being a nonprofit organization, occasionally that organization is going to do stuff and try to the people are going to do the jobs they have. And, you know, she had the authority and power as president of the board to reverse those decisions. Right. She could have just said, Mm -hmm. no, we're changing the logo back or we're changing the logo to this and had the authority to do it. And they made that logo change at the beginning of September. And all this happened in like the beginning of October. So yeah. she sat on that for a month. That logo sat out there for a month, and she could have used her authority to change it. And as far as I've been able to like find out, there was no open board meeting with the staff that that happened within that time frame. And someone can correct me, or if there's, but the, the, as far as I've been told, there was no meeting with the board within that time period. And they, uh, they, they could. She could have just reverted the logo, right? If that was actually the problem. And, you know, but no, it, it seems like she sat for a month and then did. And so that's that's weird. And it feels like this was a strange, calculated play. It's hard to say. And all I can think of is everybody needs to go home. <laughs> this sucks because... Here's here's what has me pissed off. Okay, so I don't know if how much Melissa's financially relying on this because her compensation as the board head of the board director, she got re she got compens she got effectively uh, repaid for some labor and stuff, um, and she requested additional compensation that, as far as I know, she did not get. Right, like so she's not getting paid here, but all these people are volunteers. This is a bunch of volunteers versus people who aren't getting paid. And I, I totally understand why the volunteers are doing it. And I'm, I'm sympathetic to them. And if I was going to pick a side, it's their side I would pick right now, because I haven't seen an argument that would support this. Hard agree. But mm-hmm. this is for all of those people. And this is what the board needs to realize is that for all of these volunteers, this is a hobby for them. This is what happens if this con fails is they all go home to their lives and leave happy lives and are fine. They do not yep. have anything at risk. They have nothing to lose yep. by doing this. What sucks is that the board needs to get off their ass and sit down and negotiate because of not because of the board's sake or for the volunteers' sake, but for the sake of every single paying attendee and paying vendor and artist, and the vendor and artist especially. An attendee is a bad time. That sucks. That was their hard-earned money. That was their recreation going away. But vendors and mm-hmm. artists are financially dependent on the existence of event- events like this. They are made promises by events like this that they will be run well and they will supply them with the customers so they can pay their rent and feed themselves. And the fact is that the board is fucking around with the livelihoods and well-being of these vendors and artists who are trying to live. And if 
any of these people don't make rent because this con doesn't happen because the board wasn't willing to sit down and have a reasonable adult conversation with the people in Coven, then it is the board's fault for everything bad that like it they they are not legally liable as far as I know, but morally they are responsible for everything bad that happens to those vendors and artists because of this. So yep. get off your ass Hard and agree. be a fucking Hard adult. Agree. I Emily De Jesus, Justin Nordell, and a player to be named later because you can't function legally with your bylaws without three board of director members. I've read your bylaws. I have a copy because Melissa shared them on the internet to everybody. She did. I just <laughs> I I want to know what it is. Maybe and again, I might be overgeneralizing. I want to understand what it is that happens with certain people when they start working conventions that they get a little bit of power or authority from being put in charge of something or one aspect of the con or something. And then suddenly they just power trip about it because this this keeps happening. Yeah. And, and I'm and... I'm sick of it. It, it could be speculated that it could be speculated that, um, you know, this little, you know, iota of power that they get from the convention is all the power is like all the control they get in their lives, which yeah. would be super sad, but also understandable. I would say I can't rule that out. That feels likely to me. And I mean, I can't I don't want to psychoanalyze someone who I haven't met, but it just, yeah. I'm so sick. Of seeing this happen. Yeah. Because I've I've seen it happen at events that I, I wasn't staff on, but then I saw people get real weird because of their association with it. I've seen it happen to events I was working on. I've seen very otherwise reasonable people turn into just colossal dickheads when they think they have some modicum of power. And I, I'm sorry, but... If you are running a convention, you have to be doing it because you want to run a convention. You, yeah. This isn't something that's, go that's going to make you powerful. It's not something that's going to make you famous. And if the chances are, if people know who you are as a convention runner, then it means you're doing something colossally wrong. That's been my experience anyway. People should not know. If you're doing your job right, people shouldn't know who you are. That's that's just my take, but yeah, no, and and another I think another aspect is so many people come into um, the convention running thinking that you know. Sorry, I'm fighting with a cat who <laughs> wants to get up in my business. It's okay. While I'm recording this, so apologies if I'm pausing. I'm tossing him off my desk. Um, <laughs> but there are those out there that think that if they get into like convention running, they're going to make a ton of money off of it as well. And like the three of us know very well that like you, you don't make very much money <laughs> off a convention. If no, and if anything, you lose money. You, you lose be, a lot of money. You lose a lot of money and any money you do make should be going right back into that convention to make it run another year. And maybe you run a convention for over 20 years and you miss your attendance targets and you're reevaluing your event's financial future. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks, but that's yeah. the, that's the the scary thing. You're in a precarious position. Yeah, yeah. Like, n- no one should be running these things thinking this is how I'm going to to make it big because even not... the people who oh, these are yeah, not so... stable things at all. I, I mean, <laughs> case in point, the the uh, the Wizard World uh, bubble bursting is a beautiful yeah. example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you will not find stability in running a, a convention. If you are lucky, your convention will survive year after year <laughs> after year. Yeah. It's I'm so it it's so frustrating. It, to run to be a convention runner, you have to come at it with a level head and an altruistic heart. Mhm. And I, I, I don't know if it's just that it, it's I don't know if it's just like con chairing that it just seems to attract people who have and th- th- I, this is coming completely from my personal experience. So I really need to be called out if I'm full of shit right now. But it's some of it really in my experience, it seems to on way too often attract people with like self-esteem issues who are really into these subcultures and then they see getting power in this in this one aspect yeah. of a niche this niche of a niche as validating and then suddenly that causes this immense well, disproportionate power trip and and you know what like here's the thing is it's like when you organize an event and so it's important to note you said con chairing but like in this particular case the con yeah, chair was not a me. member of the board of directors the con chair is the person who's been removed and although it's they're very confusing with their titles right now because they, they have are. used three mm-hmm. different titles for the same position and have said they dissolved anyways um the I think like this is always a big problem for me in especially these board of directors run events because you have this insular power. Like it's so when we set up No Brand Cons nonprofit, um, which is not a C three, it's not a C four, it's C seven. Um, but when we like we set up our like our corporation with an actual lawyer and didn't just buy it off a of legal zoom, well, partially because legal zoom did not exist when we did corporate it as a nonprofit. Um, but like our structure has very explicit things that prevent a lot of this stuff, including any member of staff can be removed by a majority vote during a quorum meeting if they uh, overstep. Um, if if they violate our rules, they you can vote them out. Um, the board of directors technically for the event does exist, but it's just an assembly of three of the elected positions that get elected every year. Hmm. Um, like it's, there are no one. Yeah. It's like, and our board of direct, like that board of directors does not have the ability to directly fire people. They have to make a motion and hold it in a meeting. Like it's tons of stuff like that, which I believe shielded the organization against a lot of like ego and, uh, Mm -hmm. like shielded the organization against like a lot of power, like the limitations of power. On everybody, like if you want to spend more than fifty dollars of your budget, it has to be approved by the, the organization. Like is like all of these things. Like no brand con. I'm not saying that we never had drama. 
or that we've never had drama between staff. At one point, one staffer did hit another staffer and then storm out of the meeting. Uh, it involved one of those staffers dating the ex of the other staffer. It was very complicated. This was like mm-hmm. uh, this like 2004, I don't five. think any con um, doesn't have drama. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's for like, sure. This is not saying this is drama-free or that we never had anybody who, um, like— grossly violated you know the the rules or anything like that there is a particular individual who um was caught embezzling and uh those funds were repaid uh mm-hmm. which is why we did not press charges but um that and that person was permanently expelled from the organization like stuff has happened like this is not like well, I'm not saying we were some perfect golden organization when it comes to that but we overall did not have to deal with this like of a person who is exercising or hoarding power or anything like that um because i believe that organizationally it did not allow someone like that to thrive um and that's why i don't like these board of directors run events i mean i guess like if you're running a nonprofit that is large enough it may be a necessity but it's and it may be a necessity in this situation. However, clearly, they needed they the the like the only way to remove someone from Sessi's board of directors is for the rest of the board of directors to vote the per like to call a vote and vote within the board of directors to remove them. And the only people effectively who can like it's it's all structured in a way that pretty much insulates the board of directors from outside threats even though they mm-hmm. do have to be elected by the membership once every two years it's not clear that like the the bylaws are very poorly written they're from legal zoom um this is not how i would structure this organization for like making sure that there's accountability it's not great um somebody paid 40 bucks for this <laughs> and that's it uh please if you're forming a corporation that is handling events this size, please go talk to an actual lawyer. Just like a legal Zoom thing is fine if you're like a startup, but if you're a convention that's been running for two decades, hire a lawyer. Also, mm-hmm. go talk to Coven, you dinks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you're trying, if they're going to try to run this thing without like a third of their workforce, without the key members of their workforce who know how things actually work, like institutional knowledge is so important in events like this, like institutional knowledge is a requirement. And if there's if the outgoing head does not pass on anything to the incoming head, like even if they replace all of these people, which, to be fair, they have a, a right to do, they can go get scabs. You can go scab for OhioCon if you want, but you're not going to have any of the information or any of the the resources on how a job has been done, what it needs. Like, I I would not take that job. And I could probably no. do half of the jobs that these of the people who are boycotting. Because I have, you know, my first badge for working at Con is from 96. I'm old. There is gray in my beard. So, yeah, it's... Uh, if so Ohio, I don't scab. Yeah, it's if, that simple for yeah. me. <laughs> so yeah, it's so Sessi needs to sit down with Coven and get this shit figured out. 
And the power lies with Coven right now. Because again, they don't have anything to lose. They could all just go staff Matsurikon instead. Which is another convention in Columbus. Like, it's not like you're the only game in town. You're just the oldest game in town. Yep. And by the way, Matsurikon exists because of a staff fracture 15 or 6, 17 years ago or something like that in OhioCon. Because of people mad at Melissa Phelps. <laughs> so. And before people say, oh, they should just go start their own con, uh, manpower is not the only resource you need to start a con. <laughs> it's just yep. God, no. I yeah. wish. Uh... Uh, yeah. So. I don't know. You guys have anything else to say on the topic? Uh... We've This has been an hour really. so far. <laughs> <laughs> Be, be realistic about things. Staff cons, because you like staffing conventions. You're not going to get famous. Yeah. Staff cons, like, to make friends? Yes, that's a great reason mm -hmm. to staff cons. <laughs> you know? Staff great. cons Perfect because reason, you actually. believe in the community that we're building and want to nourish and um, right? help or, it. Or, or, like, you want the experience of, like leading groups and mm -hmm. working in a semi-business format just getting like because heck for for no brand con we were able to um use a, a i don't know if it was technically a loophole or anything but um we were able to basically like get trey you remember the workforce credit Thingy. Oh, yeah, that wasn't a loophole. That was just completely following the rules. So, yeah, yeah like we, uh, um, when we ran in Eau Claire for years, we qualified for the service learning at the university where, uh, because we were a, our nonprofit, which we, we are, um, qualified as like volunteering for us, qualified for the service learning requirements because we were a community event and activity that benefited the local community. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, people working for us got their service learning credit. Yeah, I signed off on a lot of those. Um, awesome. But anyway, so, yeah, effectively, though, if you are trying to run a con so you feel like you have some power in your life, please just get therapy instead. Yeah, just, and, just uh, please get therapy. And don't, don't, don't use a convention as an excuse to build a petty kingdom because... Uh, it's an easy way to hurt a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's in including yourself, honestly. Like that's yeah. the shittiest. So there is basically a one hundred percent track record of that failing. Yeah, like you're not going to be the special one. It's always going to blow up and hurt way more people than just than just you. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, Grumble, grumble. I'm definitely coming at it from the other angle. I'm as someone who's lost regular events that my spouse and I attended to do artists. Uh, yeah, it really freaking sucks not having income that 
we were counting on. You know, it's you are absolute whenever like these conventions go down. That's just it. It hurts so many people when these things go. Go up like that. Yeah. Yep. All right. With that, I think it's time to wrap up. Um, we're not going to do the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge, but I'm going to read out the names of the Hall of Awesome. Ooh. So, the members of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. Archimai, Zero, Rena Innocenti, Cheesy McDamu, Krista, Slither D, Shameless Otaku, The Random Ramblings Man, Corfan, Capito, Chris Graham, Lily Source, Paper Godzilla, Cavsy, The Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Shizuwu, Sakura Sunset, Joel Kreisman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. If you want to know how to get into the Hall of Awesome, I guess go back like five episodes or something. We haven't been doing the challenge the last two episodes, so why should we continue to do that now? Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh with that um I have been Tradorn I, I, I will be Genproc and I'm going to be an even better Celestar twin heck yeah and I'll remind you that uh, you can always support the show financially by sponsoring episodes by going to nerdtech.com clicking on sponsor our shows or you can contribute to, I've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-E-G-O-R-N. Celeste has got a Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash Celeste is best. And uh, Genstel sells stuff online as Cryptid Arcade on Etsy. What's in the store right now, Gen? Uh, let me bring it up and pick a listing. Ah, beans. I'm not logged in on this computer. There's spooky oh. stuff. <laughs> Spooky neat stuff. Cool yeah. stuff. Do you, do you, you can need buy a, do you need and a, take a home and cuddle. of the Flatwood Woods monster? Uh, or the Jersey yeah. Devil? Or the or Jersey the Devil? Or the Fresno Nightcrawler? Fresno Nightcrawler oh, is a great you. leggy boy. Yep, little pair go, of pants. One of my favorite. <laughs> just go to, go to Cryptid Arcade on Etsy. Or just go to my website, cryptidarcade.com. Yeah, do that. Um, Remember, you can follow the show on social media. We are at Nerd and Tie on uh, Twitter, on um, Tumblr. We're nerdandtie.tumblr.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdandtie. And remember, you can follow this and all of our shows on the Nerd and Tie podcast network at nerdandtie.com. It's .com. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of great shows, including um, Cool and Unusual Punishment has just started a new series called The Chosen. Um, it's or really just good. chosen. It's really good. It's about the spiritual abuse that happened at Valley Brook Church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, in 2015, and uh, it's, it's fascinating to listen to. There are three episodes in when we're releasing this, and it's just great. Or their previous series, Lugan Build, was also great. Just check them out. Nerdandtie.com. You can find that and all the other shows. Um, and uh, remember, in your hearts and your minds, in those places that you are in the darkness. In those rare moments where you stand up and you see a light shining above you, remember, run. Just just start running. Just just start just run. running. Just start running. Don't look Stop. back. Get don't. out of there. Get get going. Get Got, going. Get, you got places to be. Don't wait. Don't wait. If you're wearing heels, take them off. Take those shoes off and run. You, it's, oh, yeah. If you stop, you're dead. Yeah. Just keep going. Pretty much, yeah. Just keep going. That light's not back. a good thing. Don't go into the light. The nope. light's bad. Keep on spocking in the free world. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
I guess. That too. <laughs> if you want to. If you don't want to, then don't. Because remember, we're not making you do anything. Us specifically. Someone in your life might be making you do something, but we specifically, the Nerd and Tie podcast, Gen Proc, Celeste Startwin, and Trey Dorn are not making you do anything. We are not in charge of you. I refuse to be responsible for your actions. Do not blame me for any of this. I guess. I started watching the live-action One Piece, and I learned from that telling people do what you want is the best way to get them on your crew. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, remember when we used to be able to talk about things? (laughs) (sighs) Uh, When we used to break news? Uh, We did. We just used to be able to talk about, like, fun stuff instead of having to break news. Yeah. Let's, Let's all run away together.